Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. But I'm never wrong. I'm no one's accessory. I'm the whole lifestyle brand. I don't need to find love. I love myself. I may float like a butterfly, but I sting like a bitch. Life isn't a fairy tale, but I'm hoping mine the exception. Raise the curtain, lower the lights. I'm taking center stage in my life. Ah, oh, Roni is back. I feel better than ever. I feel better than I have in weeks. I mean, truly, it was like a life force coming back into my body after watching this premiere. I thought it was fantastic. Those taglines, you guys, the taglines, they start off right off the bat with Dorinda shouting at us. I'm not always right. <laughs> but I'm never wrong, she says. She shouts that line. I don't know what was going on in the recording booth when she recorded that tagline, but I'm not always right. <laughs> Okay, it's like a shock to the system. You know, if anyone uh, was asleep when they put this episode on, they wake right up when Dorinda comes in and does her tagline. I mean, it was really shocking. Uh, and then Sonia, of course, her tagline is, I'm no one's accessory. I'm the whole lifestyle brand, which is, of course, in reference to her lifestyle brand. Uh, which I don't love Sonia's tagline. She's just had so many better ones in the past. R- Ramona's is, I don't need to find love. I love myself. And that's perfect. I think Ramona's tagline is brilliant. Fantastic. Leah's our brand new housewife. She has a great tagline, too. I may float like a butterfly, but I sting like a bitch. There's nothing better from first season housewife. That is flawless. Flawless tagline work, Leah. Bravo. Bravo. And then Tinsley is... I sort of miss Tinsley's from last season. Game set, and now I need a match. And this season, Tinsley's is... Life isn't a fairy tale, but I'm hoping mine is the exception. And it's very, it's the Dolly voice. You know, Dorinda correctly pointed out later in the episode, Tinsley does a Dolly voice, and I'm here for it. And then Lou, of course, raise the curtain, lower the lights. I'm taking center stage in my life. <laughs> my Luann impression is not good. It's really just the cookie monster. But the point is, Luann's is about the fucking cabaret again. And can I just say, I thought we would be done with the cabaret. I thought Bethany rightfully pointed out last season that life is not a cabaret. I thought Luann would show up this season, and she would have realized that we all got tired of the cabaret last season. I thought for sure it would have sunk in. I thought over in the off season, Luann would realize, okay, we've moved on from that. We're done. We're tired. The audience is over it. Uh, but it seems like Luann has not figured that out yet. Uh, it will not, she has not figured it out. She's still doing the cabaret bit. And I just have to point out that Luann and Dorinda did an Instagram Live recently. And it gave me so much life because they were trying to do a song. And Dorinda said to Luann, like, let's do a Broadway song or let's do a musical song. And Luann, who 
talks about being into musical theater. <laughs> She's been touring this cabaret. Uh, she didn't know the words to The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. Did you guys see this? I don't know if you guys caught it on Instagram Live, but Dorinda's like, let's do The Sun Will Come Out uh, Tomorrow from Annie. And of course, Dorinda started singing it, and Luann's like, what's that? <laughs> she didn't know the lyrics to it. I thought, how do you not know the lyrics? Even if you're not a musical theater person, you know that song. The sun will come out tomorrow. Everyone knows that song. Luann had no fucking clue. She had no clue. It was like she was hearing it for the very first time. And she was trying to like improvise some lyrics. So like Dorinda was doing that thing where she's like, the sun will come out. And then she'd like leave it blank so that Luann could say, tomorrow. (laughs) But Luann was just like, uh, Dorinda would say, the sun will come out. And Luann's like, Wednesday. It was like, why don't you know that song? It's so easy. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. But anyway, uh, the taglines are great. We've had better. But I love Ramona. I love Leah. I love that Dorinda shouts, I'm not always right! (laughs) I'll never get over that. The whole season. We're in this for the long haul. I will never get over Dorinda shouting the tagline. And uh, we open in a very interesting way. We're pulling back the curtain. We're breaking the fourth wall. And they're talking about Bethany not coming back. So the women all find out, basically in their confessionals or in their scenes, that Bethany is no longer returning. And if you follow the news, you know that Bethany announced sort of at the last minute that she wasn't coming back. And we see all the women's uh, reaction to it. Ramona says, I don't even want to acknowledge it. Yawn. She says, yawn. Uh, And then Sonia says, I feel abandoned all over again with my kid in college. And now this? So Sonia's upset. Dorinda says she wants to cry. Uh, And then Luann they're like, are you going to miss her? And she's like, not really. You know, and then they show a montage of Bethany just being mean to Luann. Just Bethany shouting at Luann. And it's really funny to me that Luann seems the most uh, uninterested in Bethany's return. Like, she seems uh, the most happy, I should say, that Bethany is not returning to the season of Roni. And it's weird because, like, Bethany was her best friend last season. Or, you know, she was the one who helped her out of this mess she's been in. And Luann just seems so ungrateful about it. And look, we don't know the ins and outs of what happened. But it seems like Bethany really helped her with uh, legal issues. She helped her with rehab issues. She paid for her rehab or put her in rehab or something like that. So it seems hysterical and so on brand for Luann to just be throwing Bethany under the bus. (laughs) I will say Luann has never looked better, though. Luann has never looked better with the Chanel necklace and the confessional. She looks flawless. Uh, But in terms of Bethany, like, they all hated Bethany. They did. I think Dorinda and Sonia seem to like her the best. But I would argue that even behind closed doors, I bet they're, like, kind of happy that Bethany's not returning. They've all said in interviews, like, Bethany kind of took the air out of the room, and she took attention. And I think that's true. Bethany comes into a scene, and she owns the scene, whether people like it or not. And so I bet these women are all very happy. And Ramona and Lou are the only ones who are kind of admitting it on camera, I believe. Uh, But I'm sure they're all just so relieved. So relieved. So we get that business out of the way. And I couldn't believe we were doing that, too. I could not believe that we were acknowledging it right off the bat. I love when Bravo does this. I love that they're doing it more and more. We're hearing producers ask these women questions. It's it's really exciting. It's really exciting. And it made me so excited for the season. I know people are going to miss Bethany, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Then uh, the show officially opens with Luann at Criminal Court. Lou's probation is finally over. She's there with Sonia. She said she wanted to kiss the concrete. Uh, she's so excited. And it's funny to really remember that Luann truly assaulted a police officer. Like, what Luann did is horrific. And sometimes we forget that because it seemed so strange that one of our real housewives was doing this. And we got it on camera. I mean, I love when they show that footage of her in the police car. Uh, But it's truly shocking behavior. It's unacceptable behavior, if you ask me. And every time I remember that she did it, I'm like, what? Like, I can't wrap my head around it. Still to this day, it's been years since this happened. And still when they mention it, I think, what? Especially because we've been with these women so long, and I think of like Luann's arc throughout the years. Has anyone on television ever had an arc like Luann Deliceps? I don't think Walter White, Tony Soprano, these people that we think about in terms of uh, men and women on television in peak TV, no one, no one scripted or otherwise has had an arc like Luann Deliceps. We've seen her from Countess to Criminal 
to now Cabaret Star. And it is a beautiful thing to witness. It's very troubling, but there's never been a more complicated character to appear on television. There just hasn't been. And uh, look, uh, she's coming through it. She's coming through the other end. Sonia tells her, she says, last season you were treating us like fans. When you were going through all of this, you were treating us like fans. And then they show a a montage or some footage, flashback footage of Luann in Miami last season looking at her poster. Uh, And then, of course, Sonia brings up that she was supposed to hang out with all of the other girls, but she forgot the truffle fries. And those were moments. Last season gave us some moments. And when you remember the moments, you think, oh, my God, what are they going to give us this season? What are they going to give us this season? Because Roni has never failed to deliver the moments. Even in that season with Cindy Barship that most people like to forget, there were moments. Remember when Ramona was crying on the bed or when she got in that fight with Jill Zarin? That was season four. That was the Cindy Barship season. Remember when uh, Luann said, what is that, a buffalo coming down the stairs? And then it was Alex McCord in Morocco. That was a moment. That was season four. Our Aviva seasons, our Bethany-less seasons with Aviva. Aviva threw the fucking leg across the room. That was a moment. These women give us moments. And no matter if Bethany's there or not, these women are going to give us moments. And I can't wait to figure out what those moments are. We got a couple little moments this episode. But this season, we're in for some good stuff, I think. I hope. Even when Luann and Sonia were talking about Luann, her probation and everything, they were hugging and Sonia was just eating a pretzel while Luann was emotional and made me, it made me chuckle. Sonia was just concerned about that soft pretzel. And I get it. I love a soft pretzel. A good Auntie Anne's pretzel. What I would give to have an Auntie Anne's pretzel at these days or a Wetzel pretzel. I love a Wetzel pretzel. When I go to the mall, there's nothing I like more than to emotionally eat into a Wetzel pretzel. Nothing better. Sometimes when I'm having a rough day, I'll just head on up to the Beverly Center Mall and get a Wetzel pretzel. And these days in the times of coronavirus, I wish more than anything I could go up to the mall and emotionally eat a Wetzel pretzel. Nothing I'd like better than to get my hands on one of those hot dog pretzels or one with the nacho cheese, whatever it takes. But I wish I could get out of the house and get one of those. I dream of the day. I'm sure New Yorkers, too, probably wish they'd get out of the house and walk down the street and get one of those street pretzels. That's all we dream about these days. One day we will. We're going to get through this. And one day we're all going to get our hands on one of those pretzels. But seeing Sony eat it just made me think, well, I wish I had one of them. I wish I had one of them. Also, I don't know anyone who's out here in Los Angeles. If you've never had one of the jalapeno cheese stuffed pretzels at the Arclight, uh, to die for. To die for. What I would give for one of those right now. Uh, anyway, then we cut to Tinsley at the boxing ring. Uh, Tinsley's got the braids. She's ready to box. Million dollar baby wishes. Hillary Shank, <laughs> Hillary Swank was shook. Um, but Leah is the new housewife. She's there with Tinsley. They're ready to box. And Tinsley reveals to Leah, she says, the summer was all about me. I'm no longer with Scott, she says. She also lets us know that she's developing the lash line and she got two new dogs. I have to say, Tinsley was supposed to come on this podcast last season. And then she was going to promote the lash line, and then the lash line never came out. I'm not sure what happened. And then I think I stopped getting responses to my emails, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) That's neither here nor there. I'm assuming that the lash line will come out. Uh, They're boxing with the trainer, meanwhile, and the trainer was cracking me up. He did not care about anything. Uh, At one point, Tinsley punched him in the face, and he's just like, I don't care. Nobody gives a fuck. Like he was, he was like the Rocky of the Real Houses of New York, and I wanted more of him. Give him a spinoff. Let's give him a spinoff. I could watch him just getting punched in the face by women of a certain age for hours, hours. Tinsley just punched him in the face, and he's like, "Whatever, whatever. Who cares? Nobody cares." He was, he was the best. Give him a show. We have all sorts of shows on Bravo now. They're doing that summer camp show, which I'm very excited about. But they give all sorts of professions a show. At one point or another, every profession has gotten a show. Remember that lady who made phonuts? I watched the shit out of that show. I don't know if any remembers it. It was just, it was about like different kinds of bakers or something like that. And she just made phonuts and they gave her a program. And I watched every episode. And those phonuts, by the way, are good too. Um, I don't know why I'm like hungry right now. I didn't eat anything yet today. So um, it's going to be food heavy, a food heavy podcast, a food heavy podcast. Anyway, um, Tinsley's dating someone named Bruce now, who's got two ex-wives and three kids. She says she likes, uh, she talks to the kids like the dogs, which is a problem, but I don't think she's with this Bruce now. She's back with Scott and she allegedly lives in Chicago. Spoiler alert. But if anyone follows her or 
anything online, we've seen that they're engaged now. I don't know if, I don't think they're married, but, um, so this thing with Bruce is not going to work out. And I wonder if Bruce is going to appear on the program. I wonder if we're going to see him. Leah, meanwhile, is single. She was with someone who was married, but uh, he said that his divorce was on home. They were apparently coming home from vacation in France. And the guy said the divorce was on hold. And Leah responded with, well, my pussy's on hold. Those are her words, not mine. She said, and I quote, my pussy's on hold. And that was the moment I decided to stay on Leah. You know, I really fell in love with her when she did her tagline. And then when she said she told the guy on the way home from France that her pussy's on hold, I thought, "Mm mm-hmm, that's it. That's the one. She's the one. Never has a woman come in and so flawlessly integrated into the show. I couldn't believe my eyes. Usually when we get a new housewife, it takes a couple episodes for us to really warm up to them. But Leah, right when she said my pussy's on hold, I thought, "Mm mm-hmm, that's it. She's the one. There she is. (laughs) We're going to be A-OK. We're going to be A-OK. And apparently there's some stuff in the blogs... Leah's had a very a checkered past that I haven't really read about. Some people had sent me some stories, but I kind of wanted to go into the season like without too much information about her, if that makes sense. And so I'm just trying to take her in moment to moment, but I'm doing my best to stay away from like the news stories and the blogs about her past because although I did see that she was on Million Dollar Listing or Million Dollar Ma- Millionaire Matchmaker, that's the show with my arch nemesis, Patty Stanger. She was on an episode of that, and I did see a clip of Leah kind of giving uh, Patty Stanger the business. Like she was kind of mouthing off to Patty Stanger, and that was another moment that was most pleasing to me. It was another great moment because uh, you guys know Patty Stanger is my arch nemesis, and so seeing Leah, a young Leah, a pre-Rony Leah, uh, giving a little bit of attitude back to Patty Stanger was really fun, really fun. I always loved. I watched every episode of that show, that Millionaire Matchmaker show. I hated when she would just tell people like not to have curly hair and she would like be inappropriate to gay people. She'd always be like, who fucks who in the relationship? And it's like, Patty, enough is enough. I hated her. <laughs> Watched every episode though. Um, but I always liked when somebody would talk back to her because she would say such inappropriate things, Patty Sanger. Ugh, the worst. Just the worst. She'd say, don't be redhead or something. It was like, if someone's redhead, don't have them dye their hair for a first date just to trick the person. Meanwhile, she was never in a relationship. Don't get me started on Patty Stanger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we even went there. Sorry we even went there. Um, speaking of, I guess, of former Bravo celebrities or other Bravo celebrities, I have to say, Dorinda, we see her with John. She's making lasagna. I love lasagna. And she reveals that she was dancing with Carson Kresley of Queer Eye for the Strike. I love Carson Kresley uh, and RuPaul's Drag Race. And she was dancing with him and she broke a rib. And I wish we had that footage. Is that footage, does it exist somewhere? Because I'm sure that footage is great. We know they were drinking. I would imagine they were wasted. And Carson went to twirl Dorinda, and Dorinda just fell to the floor and broke the rib. But I'm sure before she broke the rib, there was probably a lot of slurring. You know, we got uh, probably a lot of slurinda. I don't care if you're the biggest hair in the world. Invite you to my home and say, what the fuck is going on? I'm sure we got a lot of that before she fell to the ground and broke the rib. And I wish uh, we had the footage. Of course, I'm happy she's okay. Uh, we need nothing more than a healthy Dorinda. We need Dorinda for this show. Uh, fortunately, Dorinda said she's healing like a 20-year-old. And she said that since she broke the rib, she's spending more time with John, who's taking care of her. And so they're making the lasagna together. And there was a lot I loved about this scene, you guys. We have to just break it down. This scene was fantastic. First of all, they were taking the lasagna out of the oven. And Dorinda knew the pan was hot. And she let John burn his fingers on the pan. And I think this says a lot about the relationship. Dorinda said she knew it was hot, but she let him touch it anyway. And she said, he's a cat and I'm a dog. If I bark, the cat is still going to touch the hot lasagna plate. So that was what she said in regards to John Medesio, the dry cleaning wizard. That's what she said in regards to him touching the hot lasagna pan. And I wondered, is that a Garfield metaphor? Is that a Gar? Did she do a Garfield reference unknowingly? Or was it a purposeful Garfield reference? Because it was a Garfield. Anyone who knows Garfield knows it was a Garfield reference. They're making lasagna. And then Dorinda started talking about a cat. So I can't hear cat and lasagna in the same sentence and not think Garfield. Of course, I'm thinking about that big, fat-ass orange cat. He loved lasagna. And Odie, the the dog. So I'm thinking, like, does Dorinda think she's Garfield and John's Odie? 
Because I think we all, and also there was a John in Garfield too, but she's not saying John is John, she's saying John is Odie, the dog. So I wondered, was she cognizant of this reference, or was she just trying to refer to cats and dogs? We don't know. I'm choosing to believe that it was a Garfield reference, because I stand Garfield. I love him. I love him. And uh, she was talking about lasagna. We know Garfield loves nothing more than a tray of lasagna. There's one thing I'll remember on my deathbed. It's that Garfield the cat loves lasagna. And so does Danny, by the way. I think that's why I always had an affinity to that fat-ass cat, because I've always loved lasagna, too. By the way, during this quarantine, I made Joy Behar's lasagna recipe. I make it a lot. It's my world-famous lasagna, but it's really Joy Behar's recipe, and it's fantastic. Matt and I ate the whole tray in like a day. Um, But if you're looking for a recipe, follow that one. I do a little changes. I don't put the sausage in, um, but otherwise. Oh, also, Dorinda was using those noodles. Have you guys used those easy lasagna noodles? If you're intimidated by lasagna, you can buy those lasagna noodles that you don't have to pre-cook. You just put in the pan and throw in the oven with the rest of it. It makes it so much easier. It takes a lot of time out. Neither here nor there. Anyway, so Dorinda refers to John as Garfield. And then they sit down to eat. Now, I have to say, at the very beginning of this scene, they were wearing a bunch of layers. They look great. They look like they were cozy at home. But they still put on some like nice-ish clothes for camera. By the end of the scene, they were in just their sweats. They were in literally like undergarments. It was like they kept losing layers. By the end of the scene, they were basically naked. They were sweaty and naked. John was in like a, a beater, like a, just in a white undershirt. Dorinda was in a, like a white tank. Like they literally had lost all their layers cooking in here. And I thought, is the air conditioning not working? Or can we open a window? Like, what's the deal here? Why do they have to lose so many layers? Uh, why is it so hot in this room? They started the scene wearing tons of clothes, and then they were basically naked by the end when they were taking the bites of the lasagna. What happened there? Where? Wh- what happened? Why were they so sweaty? They were so sweaty by the end of the scene. I know cooking can be hot in the kitchen, but I just thought, like, let's open a window. We're in New York. New York in the, uh, in the fall, no less. So I'm sure they could have cracked open that window, got a nice breeze inside, but instead they just lost all the clothes. They were just naked by the end, sweating. I'm a sweater too, I get it. Then we cut to the scene at T-Bar. Another flawless scene, you guys. Another one. Woo! They just keep on giving to us. They just keep on giving, giving, giving. So this scene is with Ramona, Maria, Missy, and then someone named Elise, who Elise is going to be around a lot. Elise goes to the Berkshires with the women, I believe. I've seen on social media that Elise is around. And I'm very excited to learn more about her. Uh, is she the new Barbara? She's going to be in the season a lot. Is she the new Babs? Remember Bullet Babs? We'll never forget her. Her and that hammer. Never forget Babs. Let's just take a moment of silence for Barbara uh, from last season's Real Houses in New York. Moment of silence. Okay, now we're back. Barbara never stood a chance. At that reunion, it was almost sad to watch. She got like three minutes of screen time at that last reunion. And everyone was basically like, yeah, Barbara's not a good fit for the show. It was the only time I've ever watched The Housewives where they were all just openly admitting, even Andy, they were all just like, yeah, Barbara's not a good fit, like right in front of her. Even Barbara was like, yeah, I'm not meant for this. <laughs> it was great. Justice for Babs. Anyway, uh, Ramona reveals that she's been spending a lot of her time in the Hamptons. And then those brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, they show us uh, footage of Ramona dancing. And there's nothing better than Ramona dancing footage. Ramona out on the town in the summertime in the Hamptons, just dancing is just uh, chills. I get goosebumps. It's serotonin directly into my body. I love it. Ramona dancing, nothing better. But then Ramona reveals that she's masking something. She starts to break down. She says, I'm masking something. I think I'm a youngster, but I'm 60 years old and I'm emptiness. And I'm realizing that one of the reasons I've been running, going, and doing has been escapism. I'm masking something. Because in my mind, I think I'm this youngster, and I'm not. I am 60 years old, and you have to have a direction. A and I feel like an emptiness in me. I can't explain it. I used to always wake up happy, and I wake up in this apartment, and I start crying. I really feel alone. 
but I don't want to be alone anymore. I really want to find someone, and I'm really kind of scared I won't find that. I really want that. You will find it. I don't know if I will. You will find it. You will never be alone. I've never I want a man to hold me, to love me, to want me, to be with me. And I don't know if I'll ever find you it. You will find it. You guys, that monologue. A monologue for the ages. Tennessee Williams could never. This was a beautiful monologue. I want to go into an acting class just so I could redo this monologue. I loved it. She said, I want a man to hold me, to love me, to want to be with me. I don't know if I'll ever find it again, she says through tears. I have never seen such a beautiful monologue. I've never seen it. If one exists, I've certainly never seen it. It was stunning, a beautiful performance. She cried through the Botox, through the lifts, through the fillers. (sighs) Stunning. Stunning. The only thing that we didn't get from Ramona was the, the eye dab, you know, in the corner of the eye with the napkin. We didn't get that out of her. I would have liked that. I feel like that would have elevated the scene a little bit because Ramona did just move on very quickly. She just uh, grabbed her martini and just was like laughing again. But she did give us this beautiful monologue work. And so I appreciate that. I, and then this man, Mitchell, this older man, he just comes up and him and the, these women were also horny. They were all horny. Every one of them, Ramona's talking about how she wants a man. And then this Mitchell comes in and they start talking about like laying horizontal with them and stuff. And I'm like, what is going on here? These people. And that's something you don't get at any other show either. We had these women who were all probably over 60. I'd say Elise, Maria, Missy, Ramona. They're all over 60, I believe. And they all are just horny. They're horny for some loving and some, those women just want some dick. And God bless them. God bless them. Nothing more relatable than that. But it's something that we're not going to see on any other show. No other show on television is showing us women over 60 just hunting for dick at the New York bar. And I love it. I love it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy we have these women back. Ah, woo, I'm happy. I feel good. I feel good. I'm horny for this show. I feel good. So then we cut to Leah. Leah's with her daughter, who she calls Kiki. Kira, is it? Um, She is 12 years old. I have to say about Leah, too. You guys, she follows me on Instagram, and I really love her, but she had commented on my post about my Marsha Gay Harden interview. Remember, I interviewed Marsha Gay Harden on Everything Iconic. If you didn't listen, I encourage you to do it. Academy Award winner. Anyway, Leah had commented that she had some, Marsha Gay Harden was part of the reason why she opened her, her company, Married to the Mob is the name of her clothing company, and apparently Marsha Gay Harden had something to do with it. So we got to get Leah on the line at some point. We'll try to get her on the show to find out more. But uh, there's always a connection. There's always a Hollywood connection to the housewives. And I'm interested in learning more. But Married to Mob is the name of Leah's clothing company. And the way that Leah talks to her daughter, Kiki, it's really, really fun. It really excites me. uh, Leah says to her daughter, in regards to the middle schoolers who could potentially be bullying our Kiki, Leah says, don't let the little bitches fuck you. And that was fantastic. Then she says to the camera, we're besties. We're like life partners. And then they start talking about Leah's mom. Kiki says something like, Grandma said you were like this. And then Leah said, Grandma's going to get her ass beat. And let me tell you something. Leah's not fucking around. Excuse my, I feel like I'm swearing a lot. I, I've been trying not to swear as much on the podcast, but it's not happening. It's not fucking happening. Uh, I'm too excited. Anyway, Leah is talking about beating her mom's ass. Leah's not fucking, she, you do not mess with Leah. Right off the bat, I know this. If I was one of the other housewives, I'd say, I'm not messing with Leah. I'm not messing with her. Uh, she's, she's tough. And I wish, I wish nothing more that we got a Leah and a Bethany scene. I'm hopeful that Bethany will come back eventually. And there's nothing I want more after seeing this little taste of Leah is for a Leah-Bethany scene, because I feel like Leah would not back down. There's very few people that can go up against Bethany, but I actually feel like Leah could do it. Heather Halla Thompson did at certain points, but she did not necessarily win. Um, I miss my Heather, though. I miss her. Holla. Hey, mama. <laughs> oh, I miss Heather. Anyway, uh, Leah's not fucking around. Leah's got an ex named Rob. They broke up when the daughter was two years old, but they're best friends. Excited to see this dynamic play out. Then uh, we cut to Sonia's. Ramona comes over with Coco. Sonia, right off the bat, says, Coco's here? She, he's still alive? Sonia did not know that Coco's still alive. And Ramona responds with, yeah, like us. And then 
a scene uh, continued on that I just, I rewound a few times so I could get all of the verbiage. I wanted to write it down and just read you this scene. So let's everyone settle in. If you're driving, pull over. I want to just uh, repeat the scene that happened between Sonia and Ramona. So this is what happened next. Sonia says to Ramona, I've been a recluse. Oh. And I have gas. Oh, Jesus. You better not do gassy on me now. I'm broken right now. I fell down. I hit my head. I had a concussion. I had on those little platform sneakers I always wear with a wrap dress. I was dragging stuff in a bag. So I fell down. The hot dog man, he closed right, you, up the you stand. avoiding the conversation about you, you took your daughter to college. You're, you're avoiding that. Let's talk about that. So Ramona moves on. Sonia's telling this uh, tale of her falling down on the street. She hit her head. She got a concussion. She then uh, had to have the hot dog man pick up the stand, which implies that the hot dog stand fell. The New York street corner hot dog stand just fell? Did it just completely collapse? Sonia made it collapse? Like, what happened there? And I thought for sure Ramona would be like, wait, tell me what happened. Did you have to go to the doctor for your concussion? How did the hot dog stand fall? I thought Ramona would ask some follow-up questions. Instead, Ramona just moved on and she said, you're avoiding. You took your kid to college. Like, what? We're just moving on from this so quickly. Sonia said, I'm broken right now. They go from gas to a concussion to the kid at college. It was like Roni whiplash. Remember that? Roni whiplash. It's what we get in these scenes with these women. Things move at such a rapid pace. The Beverly Hills women could never. Beverly Hills, they focus on one little thing for 100, 100 episodes. They will focus on one little tidbit. Somebody looked at someone the wrong way, and they'll talk about it for six weeks. On Roni, one of the cast members gets a concussion and uh, ruins a hot dog stand uh, and falls down, and we're moving on in seconds. We're not even interested in hearing the story. This Roni whiplash, Roni whiplash, is just a beautiful thing to witness. Beautiful thing. But Sonia's upset she took the daughter to college. She lost it. And Ramona's like trying to comfort her, but Ramona had no problem sending Avery off to college. And then Sonia's like, I'm not like you. She says, you go to the Jingle Ball with your daughter. And then Ramona says, I love the Jingle Ball. I like Jingle Ball. Ramona likes the Jingle Ball. And look, I'm happy Ramona and Avery get to experience Jingle Ball together. I'm happy about it. But Sonia's not the kind of mom, she says, that it takes the daughter to the Jingle Ball. She's not interested. Um, then Ramona, as she's leaving, she's taking Coco with her. The dogs hump throughout the whole scene. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Then we cut to Dorinda's uh, rooftop party. She's having a magic hour rooftop party. Dorinda's getting uh, ready with her makeup artist, Luke, who Bravo people know. He's been on Bravo before. And Dorinda reveals that she doesn't know anything about Tinsley. She starts talking about Tinsley. She says, I don't know much about her. Uh, She's like, I'd like to. She's like, this group is not cocktail party talkers. She says, we're bad bitches. Meanwhile, Sonia, Leah, and Tinsley are in a car, and they're headed to this rooftop party. And Tinsley says, I don't know why Dorinda is so focused on me. Um, And then meanwhile, Dorinda's with the makeup artist, and she she says, Tinsley's like a turtle. Every time she comes out a little bit, then she retracts. She comes out, and then she retracts. So then this party starts, and I'm already excited. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm thinking, Dorinda's going to let Tinsley have it, and we're in for an argument. Because sometimes on these premieres, I've seen enough Housewife premieres to know that a lot of times the premieres are not that exciting of episodes. 
right? Like usually we don't get a big fight in the premiere. We're usually just catching up with the women. We're just seeing where they're at in their lives. And then we get a little tease. But this episode gives, gave us confrontation right off the bat because the Roni women know how to deliver. They just know how to deliver. And so the women all arrived at the party. Dorinda's in a gorgeous white suit. I was obsessed with Dorinda and the new haircut looks amazing. And Dorinda said she invites a lot of different people. She likes to have a good mix. There's an astrologist there. One of Ramona's hot young fuck buddies is there. Who was so hot, that guy that Ramona sleeps with. Wow. Woo! Wow, Ramona, wow. Wow, Ramona's fuck buddy, wow. I was so impressed by that young man. The looks of that young man. Uh, Leah arrives at the party, and she says she doesn't drink much. She was sober for nine years. She drank for the first time like six months ago, and when she did, she lost the Chanel bag and the passport. And that gets me excited about Leah. Now, do I want these women to be healthy? Of course. I want them to be healthy, happy. And if they have trouble with drinking, of course, I want to be careful. Uh, But I can't lie to you and say that it didn't excite me a little bit to know that Leah, the last time she drank, lost the passport and lost the Chanel bag, because it's boding well for us for good scenes in the future. So, of course, if she does have a problem with alcohol, I want her to be safe and careful and smart about it. But if she is going to drink. I'm excited that it sounds like it's going to be a little messy. And I'm sorry to say that. It's just my truth. I'm living my truth. Living my truth. So then Lou saunters in, Ramona saunters in, dressed like a sex pot, and she walks right past Sonia and Leah. Like, she just ignores the other cast members. And Lou, when she saunters in, she just, I'm Lou and improved. She says, I'm Lou and improved. And I bet you any amount of money that she tried to make that uh, integrated into her tagline. I'm certain of it. Uh, Luann's always doing catchphrase work and none of it seems to work. I mean, Luann tries really hard, but Luann's a hot mess. I've gotten tired. I've grown very tired of Luann's shtick in the past couple of years. I don't want her to go anywhere. I still want her on the show, but I would like to go into the next Pokemon evolution of our Luann. You know how Pokemon evolve? Or do you remember those books, the Animorphs? You know, on the cover of the Animorphs books, anyone in my generation, you remember the Animorphs books. And on the cover, they would always show like a young kid, like named Timmy, turning into a bald eagle. You remember that? And on the cover, we would see all these iterations of Timmy slowly turning into the bald eagle. And by the, all the way to the right, we'd have just a full blown bald eagle who would be Timmy. Timmy morphed into the bald eagle. And I feel like Luann is like those Animorph covers. Like she's turning into the bald eagle. And I would like to get to the next version of Luann turning into the bald eagle. I don't think she's at the bald eagle yet. I think she's still maybe in the middle. She's right of center. And I feel like I'm ready for her to move right a little more. I don't think she's quite there at the bald eagle yet. But I I want her to morph a little further. Because I feel like we've been dealing with this cabaret morph for a little too long. And I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for the next Animorph version of Luann. And yeah, I, I think we've had enough of this one. I'm Luan improved. <laughs> Luann, stop it. <laughs> and then uh, Dorinda gave a speech to the party about the end of summer. And then as she gives a speech, Chelsea Pierce, the drag queen, arrives singing Giovanni. And we just have a dance moment. Just in the middle of this, we get a little hearing, feeling Giovanni. Remember that song, Luann's Not Much of a Hit? <laughs> it wasn't necessarily a hit. It was definitely a song. It wasn't necessarily a hit. It was definitely a song, though. And they played it. They played that song, and we had just a little minute of everyone singing and dancing in Giovanni. And I was clapping like I was at a circus or something. Like, I was so happy when they were doing the Giovanni with the drag queen. And Ramona was doing her dancing. Ramona was, like, in her element, just dancing. And Luann was so happy. She was in her element because it was her song. Again, not necessarily a good song, but it was definitely a song. It was definitely a song. And I could have watched Ramona dancing forever. Meanwhile, Leah didn't know what this was. She's like, what's the fuck's Giovanni? She had to Google it. (laughs) Ah, Leah's got some edge and I like it. I love it. So then there's this other guy at the party. We have this random mix of people, of course. And there's this guy named Colin Cowie, an older gentleman. And Sonia reveals that she had sex on his sink in Saint-Tropez. And to that I say, what hasn't Sonia Morgan done in Saint-Tropez? She's done it all in Saint-Tropez. She has done everything in Saint-Tropez. Every time Sonia talks about a memory from her past, it's about Saint-Tropez. And she has owned businesses in Saint-Tropez. She's like, well, the football team that I own in Saint-Tropez. 
you know, she's always talking about Saint Tropez, and she's fucked everyone in Saint Tropez. She's had sex with everyone in Saint Tropez. This guy, Colin Cowley, she had sex on his sink in Saint Tropez. Um, but I'm sure if we were to go back into the archives, I'm sure Sonia has revealed in past episodes that she's had sex with other people in Saint Tropez. The amount of sex that woman has had in Saint Tropez. If I had a dollar for every time Sonia had sex in Saint Tropez, I'd be a rich man. I'd be a, I'd be a rich man. I'd be a rich man, Sonia and sex in Saint Tropez. I, that's the kind of book I want. You know what? I need to pitch that to Sonia. We need a book of Sonia's sex capades at Saint Tropez. I'd read that. I, that sounds like a good beach read to just have Sonia talking about all the men she's she slept with, all the times she's hooked up with someone in Saint Tropez, in a sink in Saint Tropez, no less. I've never had sex in a sink. I don't feel like it's safe. I don't know if that's like a generational thing or something, but I don't feel like sex on a sink is very appealing. It's not to me. Maybe like in an airplane sink or something like that. I guess that's a, I don't know. Maybe it's a straight thing. It's harder for men to have sex on a sink. It's harder. It's just the logistics of it. It's a little bit more difficult. But, you know, hats off to all the straight women out there who are having sex on sinks because it's not something that I've done before. I've had sex a lot of places, but not on a sink. And so hats off to you, Sonia, and whoever you had sex with, and all of you listening. So then we have the scene where Leah's talking to Lou and Ramona. She said she likes being single. She doesn't know if she wants to be in a relationship ever. And then Luann says, I've been through hell the past couple of years. She says, I've been divorced. I've been arrested. Then Leah says, I've been arrested too. Then Leah reveals that they both, two housewives, two housewives on this franchise's, have been uh have attacked police officers. Leah got her got like hit in the face or something, and then so she had to sue the police because they knocked her teeth out or something. The cop got I know this was a little unclear, and actually I should go I should go look it up a little bit more. But apparently Leah got seventy five thousand dollars from cops and started her business, married to the mob. So we need more information about this business because it was. Uh, Funded by this lawsuit that Leah went through and something with Marsha Gay Harden. So what's the logistics here? We need to get Leah on the line. We need to figure this out. This business has a very checkered past, and I need to know more. I need to know more. But it's interesting to me that we have two housewives that this has happened to. And meanwhile, like Leah's story was like kind of I was siding with Leah, and Luann's like, well, that happened to me too. And I'm thinking, like, Luann, no. <laughs> Actually, your situation sounds very much different. Luann's situation was she was just drunk in Florida, in Palm Beach, and she just decided to get out of the handcuffs, and she was fucking nuts that night. Um, but I don't think uh, Luann was the victim in her case. Luann got away with... Luann, I can't believe Luann got away with that. I'm sort of surprised she's even on this show, because it's really not a good look. <laughs> it's not a good look. I mean, the things that Lou has done... Again, she's not into that final bald eagle form yet, but she's she's well on her way. So then Tinsley and Dorinda sit down to chat. And Dorinda yells at Tinsley. She says, you're not being honest about Scott. Meanwhile, Sonia's over talking to that young piece of ass that Ramona was hooking up with, William, I think his name was. So Sonia's talking to him while Leah's there. And Sonia's saying um, she's really flirting with him. Meanwhile, Leah says uh, that he seems like the kind of guy who looks in the mirror when he's fucking you. And then she says he also seems like the type of guy who's not putting his fingers in the right place, but thinks he is. And woo, I have never heard a more accurate description of someone that looks like William. I mean, that was spot on, Leah. Spot on. Um, but Sonia gets mad because Leah's like ruining the vibe. And she's like, I'm going to kick you out of this conversation, bring Luann in because Luann wants to catch Dick. <laughs> Sonia's words. Those are Sonia's words. I, I don't know. Do they bleep it? I don't know. But Sonia said that Luann wants to catch Dick. And that's the most accurate description I've ever heard of Luann de la Seps. Or Sonia Morgan, to be honest with you. Um, but then back in this argument between Dorinda and Tinsley, Tinsley says, in regards to her not being open about Scott, she said, you're calling me a liar? And then Dorinda says, don't put words in my mouth. You ain't going to be tricking me. You're not, you're not going to run up on me. It ain't going to work, sister. I win every time. That's what Dorinda says. And Dorinda at this point is getting a little bit drunk. So the words are starting to slur like just a little bit, just a tiny bit. You're not going to run up on me. It ain't going to work, sister. I'm going to win every time. And then she begins to walk away. Dorinda says, you look great. Your lashes are great. Throwing some shade at the lash line. I like it. I like it, like it, like it. 
And then that's when she's starting to get drunk. Dorinda goes and sits down next to Lou and Sonia. And she tells them, she says, I'm gangster. She's not going to do that to me. And then Tinsley walks up to that group. Because Tinsley apparently wants a little bit more. And she starts talking to Dorinda. And Dorinda says, lower the dolly voice. Meanwhile, Leah sits next to Tinsley. And she's in her ear saying, how are you going to let her talk like that? And again, that's an all-star move. That's like a five-season in-housewife move that Leah just pivoted to. I couldn't believe my eyes. Leah, her very first episode, she's in Tinsley's ear saying, how are you going to let her talk to you like that? I mean, flawless, Leah, flawless. And then Tinsley says, Leah, Dorinda's being like, she's being like this. And then Dorinda hears that and she says, what am I being like, Tinsley? You don't know shit. Shut your mouth. Then Dorinda starts telling Tinsley that kindergarten is starting soon. So now we're talking about Tinsley being in a kindergarten. Dorinda says, kindergarten's starting soon. You got to catch the bus. You get your braids in kindergarten starting. She says as she's walking away. She just keeps going on. Kindergarten's to catch that bus. You're going to do some painting in kindergarten class. You better get ready for it, Tinsley. Your kindergarten's starting to read you a bedtime story because your kindergarten's starting. I mean, she went on and on about this kindergarten. Dorinda just calling Tinsley a baby. And I loved it. And then she's walking away and she sort of trips and Tinsley says, don't trip. And then that sets Dorinda off even more. She says, my heel got stuck, honey. The difference is I bought them. And she's right in Tinsley's face. Difference is I bought my heels. I never laid on my back for them. And then Tinsley ends the episode by saying, you're a jealous bitch, bitch. Ah, you guys. I loved it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like that Molly Shannon character from SNL. I love it, I love it, I love it. Love it. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. <sighs> I feel good. Next uh, next week, I don't know what happens next week, but we did get the season trailer again. It's revealed Tinsley's back with Scott. She moves to Chicago. So many good things happen in this episode, you guys. I feel good. I feel great. I feel grand. I feel alive. Even though we're all cooped up, which I hope everyone stay inside if they can. Um, even though we're all cooped up, we're so lucky to have these Roni women. And honestly, I feel so blessed that despite all that's going on in the world, that this all happened after the Roni women were done filming. I feel so blessed, so lucky. I mean, I know everything's a nightmare outside, but I couldn't imagine if this happened in the middle of Roni's filming. We're so blessed. We're so lucky that these women are back when they are, when we need them the most. I sound like I'm gush. I sound like a schoolgirl. I'm gushing over a boy, but I'm just so happy, you guys. Ah, I'm alive. What's that? Celine Dion song? I'm alive. Oh, oh, wait, that's Cher. <laughs> I'm doing a Cher impression. Wagon wheel with Tushi. Oh, snap out of it. Uh, anyway, you guys, I better snap out of this recap. Thank you all for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. Uh, and Patreon, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. I just posted, or I will be posting this weekend, a new episode with Annabelle DeSisto, who's been on the podcast before her and I catch up. That's going to be a full length bonus episode on the Patreon. So if you donate $4 more per month on the Patreon, you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm doing just one a month, but more importantly, the money helps to support the show. If you want to come to the Chicago live show, it's September 23rd at the Vic Theater in Chicago, and we still have tickets left. Um, for those of you that had tickets already, they were just transferred over. And if you still want to get tickets for that show, uh, we moved into a bigger venue, so there's tickets available. So you can get those. Go to everythingiconic.com. And if you go to the live show link, you get tickets to that. Um, I'm I'm so grateful that we had those nights right before all this lockdown situation where we got to gather in, in Dallas and Atlanta safely, and uh, we got to have a good time. And I'm so excited to do that again, although for now we have to stay safe, stay inside uh, if you can. And to all those who are going out there working, I'm talking to the grocery store workers, the, the child care workers, the health care workers, the police officers, the EMTs, the everyone... Everyone who's out there right now working, factory workers, I mean, I know a lot of the essential businesses, they are staying open to create products for us, whether that be the factory workers who are doing the delivery services and the delivery drivers, but also the factory workers who are making things like hand sanitizer and and medicine and all sorts of stuff that if you are one of the essential workers right now, thank you, thank you, thank you. I worship the ground you walk on. 
Thank you for, for doing it for us. You guys are the heroes right now. You're serving the country in, in, in the words of Ramona Singer, in all sincerity, in, in all sincerity. I'm so grateful. I hope everyone out there is staying safe, staying healthy, staying sane. I'm doing my best to produce extra episodes for you guys. I don't, uh, I don't want to promise three episodes per week, but I'm, I'm doing my best to get some extra content to you guys because I know we're all cooped up. So I, um, yeah. I did. There was a Marsha Gay Harden interview earlier this week, and then also the Vanderpump Rules recaps. We're still, still doing those. So, um, thank you all so much for listening. What else? Oh, I'm on Cameo, cameo.com slash Danny Pellegrino. And with that said, let's do our cool down. I feel like we need these cheesy little cool downs more than ever. They're so cheesy. I always feel like I have to, to specify that they're cheesy because new listeners are always confused. But let's take a, a minute to just take a deep breath. So let's all, Breathe in, breathe out, take another deep breath in and hold it, breathe out, take another deep breath in. Now, I'm so thankful for Roni. Let's just think about that for a minute and breathe out. In general right now, I feel like we're so lucky to live at least during these times where we have so much entertainment at our fingertips. So although things are really bleak out there, uh, we're lucky that we can stay inside and we have TV shows and we have podcasts and, and movies to watch. And I just want everyone to know my heart goes out to any of those of you that are suffering, whether it be you lost your job, lost a friend, lost a loved one. Uh, try to be there for one another if you can. And um, I love you all so much for listening. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I love you guys. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Don't turn.